0: get up nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with your 6 coffeecom where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders veterans and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations no stranger to adversity eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service you're already purchasing coffee why not empower your coffee with purpose why not purchase coffee that not only has your six but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country. Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted, award-winning coffee at GotYourSixCoffee.com. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking again with Dr. Michael Lewis. Dr. Lewis graduated from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, Tulane University School of Medicine in New Orleans. He completed post-grad training at Walter Reed Army Medical Center, Johns Hopkins University, and Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, where he developed the ESSENCE program the nation's first and largest syndrome-based disease outbreak recognition system that is used by the U.S., CDC, health departments across the United States, and many countries around the world. Subsequently, Dr. Lewis was assigned to the the AFRIMS Research Laboratory in Bangkok, Thailand, Uh, Thailand, where he established the the DOD's Global Emerging Infections Surveillance Program. There, he developed and coordinated programs across Asia, led investigations into disease outbreaks, and was at ground zero for SARS and bird flu. Dr. Lewis is board certified and a fellow of the American College of Preventative Medicine and the American College of Nutrition. He's the author of When Brains Collide, What Every Athlete and Parent Should Know About the Prevention and Treatment of Concussions and Head Injuries the founder of the Brain Health Education and Research Institute. Dr. Lewis, welcome back to the Get Up Nation show.
1: Uh, It's great to be with you again, Ben.
0: Yeah. Today we're going to be discussing some key concepts when it comes to mental health in an election year, uh, and a (laughs) pandemic, and civil unrest, and more... (laughs) Doctor, with all of your experience responding to health threats and challenges, I want to get your insights into how we may be becoming desensitized to the suffering of others with so much of it happening all around us and in our own lives at times. We've got newsreels 24 hours a day showing violent images in our streets. We've got incendiary and insulting conversations by our nation's highest ranking leaders. Uh, We have people dying at alarming rates due to COVID-19. How is this all affecting us?
1: Well, you know, it's... Been a concern for uh, a number of a number of years, you know, with uh, a lot of the gaming that goes on, and we talk about the you know the idea of kids playing games where they're you know, um, you know stealing cars and shooting people and you know war games and so on. Uh, but it's really it's been going on much longer than. That. And I mean, when we were kids, here yeah, I don't know about you, but your parents probably like you know get away from the TV. You, you know, you've been watching too much. It's the um, what do you call it, the, the, the dummy box or the zombie box or whatever. I mean, you know, um, so it's been a concern ever since we've really had electronics. Uh, think back to the 1960s, uh, you, you know, um, the, decent, the idea that we had all of a sudden war footage pretty much that same day about Vietnam and what was going on there on the, on the evening news. And there was a big concern, are we de- being desensitized to that? Uh, as opposed to previous wars where it might have been newsreels and updates and, and so on. So this's been going on a while, but it's really, as you mentioned, it's really intensified And 2020 has been a heck of a year so far uh, everything from you know being an election year and the way the candidates go at each other, the way both sides of the, the uh, Congress go at each other, um, you know everything you're seeing and you're right. It's everywhere, you know, instead of three stations uh, on the evening news and the morning newspaper, now we've got 6,000 news channels or however many and 24 hours of news. So we have an hour of news and 23 hours of an opinion about the news. And if that's not enough, we've got social media where all your friends are bombarding you with it and, you know, these things in our hands, uh, you know, called cell phones and these really supercomputers we can't get away from it so yeah we are being desensitized to it and um and i think we're starting to see that even wearing masks as a as an example is people are just getting tired of it and uh, you know so What do we do? That's, you know, that's the big question, right?
0: Yeah. And you, and you have some great answers for that, for how we can, you know, draw back from some of that desensitization and actually pay attention to the human beings that are in our lives that we may take for granted or um, just see as an image passing by. Certainly uh, you know, the process of desensitization has happened, you know, in various military environments where it frequently happens when we're in combat with another group of people, we frequently dehumanize that the other in order to, uh, in, in order to cope with the violence that happens during combat, and isn 't that frightening with the amount of violence in our in our communities today how how we can dehumanize and, and be desensitized to the to the value of human life in our streets or for those who have opposing political views uh, for those who think differently or dress differently or appear differently it 's it's, it's a serious thing to be desensitized to that would you agree i mean it 's it's, it's a serious part of leading to violence to be able to dehumanize another human being before it happens.
1: And it's a, a sad state of affairs, you know, not just for our country, but for the world really, because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's necessarily just an American problem, Sure, sure. Uh, but certainly, you know, that's, that's where we live. And, and it's not the norm of how we think of ourselves as, as America. Right. right. And so it, it's, you know the idea that just you know the, the callous approach to um to violence uh it should be concerning should be alarming to every citizen right. um you know and, and we've got to you know we've got to reverse course right is it is it that you know november 4th everything's going to get magically better one way or another um uh, you know, probably right. not. I think that you know we're gonna we're gonna go through a bigger period. I think in a couple of weeks of um, of protests, no matter who wins the or who wins the election or looks like who wins the election, because the other side's gonna call out the other, you know, the other yeah. side saying it's not an affair. It's, right. it's just it just goes on and on. Yeah. It it is absolutely essential that we bring the human part of this whole equation back into it. And, um, um, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist, but, you know, it's I think we're, we're all smart enough to, to realize that we just can't keep
0: going on like this. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that gives us guidance, too, as we draw back to really orient or give us a give us a perspective of, you know, why what are the actions that we're taking or not taking? It, it helps us to really uh, bring order to our lives that may be kind of feeling like they're up and down or our routines have been altered because of pandemic uh, isolations or or changes for community safety or changes in commerce or business so we're going through these changes rapidly but it's a great way to orient ourselves that at the end of the day to realize truly that what matters most uh, during this life uh, i guess argue, arguably it's it's the the significance of how we impact other people what we what relationships we have i mean there have been scientific and social sociological studies that show how important human connection is to mental health and to our physical health it, both aspects of, of our health that we need to be connected with other people that we have longevity when we have healthy relationships and stay connected would you agree oh ab- absolutely and, and that brings up
1: you know this whole covid thing and how we have approached it, I, and and again, this is not just in the United States. This is worldwide. I mean, in many cultures, many countries, they've locked down much worse, much firmer, much harder than uh, than what we have here. And I really worry about this new generation, the kids that are growing up. And you imagine. you were a high school senior earlier this year and you're going into the spring when, you know, you got senioritis and and then all of a sudden everything shut down. Um, And now, you know, you got seniors, uh, you know, and they have eliminated, you know, a lot of the sports and you've lost that social interaction. That's just high school seniors. You know, that goes all the way down to the youngest of of the kids. I mean, my parents grew up in the Depression. I mean, my, I see how it affected them the rest of their lives growing up in the twenties and thirties. And so I fear for this new generation and what impact that is going to have on them for the rest of their lives, the generation that grew up wearing masks and not having that socialization. We complain probably a a bit, you know, about kids not interacting very much with each other because they're just they could be sitting next to each other and they're texting each other. Well, yeah. now they're not even anywhere near that, you know, so right. this isolation, I, you know, I think we're, we're starting to see an uptick in suicides, right. Uh, right. depression, the mental health illness. And I think it's only going to accelerate and we're heading just into the winter and that it's yeah. going to get worse and worse and worse. Right. And the devastation that we're seeing, not just from the mental health, but also the, people's physical health, yeah. as well as financial health. I mean, businesses, small businesses are getting devastated. I think we're just just now, even at the very, very beginning of personal bankruptcies, small businesses going out of, of business, um, the uh, foreclosures on houses, and all of that will lead to more mental health stress and we're we're going to be in for a rough ride the next uh, two to five years, unfortunately. And the question is, how do you take personal responsibility and take care of yourself?
0: Right. Absolutely and that's what I love about the Get Up Nation uh, network here is what we focus on is that resilience and so for for frequently what we focus on are these challenges and we try to get a realistic understanding of those challenges and uh, you know uh, unfiltered look at what is the seriousness of this and you've articulated very well I mean we're talking about a mental health crisis, we're talking about physical health crisis, we're talking about desensitization to violence we have, these are huge challenges, uh, fiscal uh, uh, challenges for people and businesses in our in our communities. So our maybe what we took for granted for a long time is very is may have been removed from uh, our common day experience but at the same time we're going to look at the profound opportunities that we have right here to possibly remove you know mental health stigma from people's lives or from our communities because we're more aware from older age people all the way down to our children today of the of what happens when we experience a mental illness when when things are when life pulls the rug out from under us to a certain extent and we're kind of reeling with these challenges. We experience the the uh, anxiety, the depression, the the fear, the shame, uh, all of the different emotions that come and go that follow these changes. And so maybe some of what we are getting to, and what I, I love having your expertise on here because you help us to really orient to the importance of self care and how that affects our not just our mental health but our physical health. And so for your insights into, you know, helping. Uh, as you said it you you noticed in your grandparents they experienced the depression and that affected their entire life So how excellent is it for anybody watching this to say, we know that our children are experiencing something somewhat traumatic here, and especially if they're seeing these these images on their screens or on mom and dad's screens of violence, of of scary things that they're they're experiencing, how that can affect children as well. And so this is a massive opportunity for us as leaders, as parents, as professionals to say, we are gonna make the best out of these challenges and become more healthy than we've ever been. So let's get into that. Doctor, you have key insights for us to do exactly that, to get up from this, these challenges, daily acknowledge the, the ups and the downs that we're facing, the challenges that we're experiencing, not sugarcoating anything, not just you know saying bunnies and rainbows and everything's okay because it's a significant challenge here that we're all facing. How can we uh, uh, deal with the stress of these emotions, uh, deal with the stress of these changes, and and actually experience some health or greater awareness as a result of them?
1: Well, there, there's, you know, I, I look at there's six things, six key things that we could be doing. Um, first, you know, first and foremost is while you want to keep yourself informed, you know, when we were kids, you got the morning newspaper and the evening news we sort of talked about. Yeah. But, you know, one of the best things you can do is take a break from all this. Turn off your your television turn off the radio put on some nice music um put your phone down get off of social media take a vacation from it even if it's just 24 hours or better yet limit yourself to say an hour a day um i'm not saying don't stay informed i'm just saying limit it we don't need this 24 hour news cycle you can choose to step away from it number one number two eat healthy use this opportunity to reinvent yourself, if you will. Diet number two and three, diet and exercise. So if you're working from home, be sure to get up and do some kind of exercise. My favorite thing is to do something outside, take a walk in the woods, um, take a jog or a run if you're, if you're healthy enough to do that. Um, you know, but do something, but get into a habit of regular exercise and do it on a daily basis, preferably outside. Nature is a wonderful healer. Eating healthy, you know, one of the things, that you know, sugars and artificial coloring and artificial sweeteners and things like that all help feed our immune system in a bad way. It's like throwing fuel on the fire. So if you eliminate those and really focus on eating healthy food. Eating more fruits and vegetables, really kind of a more of a fruits and vegetable based type of diet and lean proteins, that type of thing. So really a Mediterranean diet, if you want to look something up, right? Um, that's really the, the healthiest diet, particularly for our cognitive, our mental health. And so we really um, you know, take the opportunity to, to, you know, renew this commitment to a good, healthy diet. So that's one, two, and three pretty quickly and easily. Then you can combine things, you know, get outside, exercise, or take a walk with loved ones, being around loved ones. Um, You know, this idea of avoiding people uh, is a horrible thing. Be around loved ones, take the opportunity to, um, to have that. Um, in some ways it's good we're using uh, Zoom and video conferences to check on people around the country, you know your parents or brothers or sisters on the other side of the country. We' get one of the things that's forced us to, to maybe be a little bit more in touch in that way. but be around loved ones and, and better yet, combine it with your exercise where you go for a walk or a bike ride with loved ones. Um, the last two are you know, kind of just be, a little bit more mindful of things. Maybe do, if you're into meditation, great. If you're not into meditation or don't know even where to start, just think of it as mindful breathing. Just, you know, it's amazing how much you can calm your system down just by taking two or three slow, deep breaths in, hold it for a second or two and then let it out over, you know, very slowly. So good, slow, deep breaths. And it calms your system right away. Um, and then uh, sort of the last one is we, we've got to learn to be grateful, be thankful for the things we do have. I mean, hopefully you have your health. Uh, hopefully you have a, a good family intact. That's when I say. All this kind of combines. Um, and if you don't have those, you need to work on, like working on your health. Um, but be grateful for what we have. You think about, prisoners of war for example or and you know people that survived concentration camps you know under the worst the most dire of circumstances the people that really did well mentally out of that were the ones that were thankful for what they did have
0: yeah that's powerful it is powerful to know um, the, that effect of taking taking ownership over what 's happening within us and and being strategic and intentional about looking at uh, the positive uh in our world the the things that we can be grateful for and and getting out of any negativity bias and actually looking at all the good things that are happening uh, personally or it can and it can guide us into taking those those uh, actions that you've identified as, well, I'm going to build upon the good that's in my life by adding one or two things every day, like you've described, to help our, ourselves and our families experience that greater sense of health. It also takes away from a sense of helplessness or powerlessness. Sometimes when we look at, you know, the news and all of these things that are happening, it can be totally, it can be extremely overwhelming. But if we take, you know, that approach to it and saying, well, these are the good things that I have uh, in my life and that these are the things that I'm doing to help my family get through this, it can take away from that sense of helplessness and powerlessness that is so key to the development of post-traumatic stress, correct? I mean, I believe it's, it's a, a partnership of terror or a, a severe horror as well as um, a sense of helplessness or powerlessness at the same time that often creates post-traumatic stress, correct? Well, absolutely. And, you know, we know from the, the, the
1: recent wars that uh, soldiers coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, um, you know, why, do why are, and this has been true throughout history, uh, why do some people are in those circumstances and have PTSD and other people seem to be totally fine and they handle it, you know, without any seeming uh, issues. Uh, and a lot of that is just that internal resiliency. A lot of it is how you were brought up. Um, so if you're, if you're a parent of young children, make them and let them know that they're loved. And that will go a long way. A lot, one of the biggest risk factors for PTSD in the current generation of soldiers is actually childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. So if you're a parent, it's your responsibility to be the best parent that you can be. And, you know, let your children know that they're loved because that will pay dividends down the line, even in the worst of
0: circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this again, I just I just love getting your insights into this. You've you have such an amazing resume of of activity that you've done to serve um, our communities and our world, especially with regard to to illness and, and, and SARS and, and bird flu and and these these illnesses that are severely impacting our world like never before. And so to get your insights and to give people the tools to be proactive, to face these challenges head on, uh, to go out there and, and uh, do whatever is needed to be done, um, you know, to, to take care of our own mental health, our own physical health and that of our children. It's inspiring to learn these lessons and how we can take back uh, you know, a sense, uh, take back a sense of confidence, a sense of of calm, and a sense of uh, satisfaction in knowing that we can do something about this. How can we relate to others uh, in a way? How can what are some ed, insights that you have uh, to helping people connect today, or or helping people to have these experiences in the middle of all of these uh, precautions and isolations?
1: Well, uh, you know, the president gets a lot of grief for saying things like, um, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of this virus. And I actually, you know, while we need to respect it, I agree with that sentiment that we, we can't live our lives in fear. You need to respect it. It's an absolutely, it's a serious virus. It's killing people. you got to take it seriously. But we can't live our lives in total fear. And the, the idea of, um, you know, not going outside, not you know, being afraid to do anything, that's no way to live a life. I mean, you know, we, we, you know, the best thing is maybe little steps. You know, do something with people that you know and trust and, you know, your family and, you know, getting outside and taking a walk. Uh, for example, even as waving hello to a neighbor from across the street it's those little steps that can help start to you know, get you back into a sense of normality. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've got to figure out how to kind of get back to as close to normal as we can, given the fact that this is a serious threat and a serious virus, but we got we can't hunker down in our basements for ever. We've got to get out and we've got to live life. And, um, And it's going to, we're going to have PTSD from this for a long time. And so uh, I think baby steps are a good approach. I'm a huge fan of nutritional supplementation. I I think, you know, we could try to eat healthy and exercise. That's great. But I think there's ways that we can help support our immune system and keep it strong. Um, On a daily basis, I take vitamin C and vitamin D and fish oil. And I also take quercetin and zinc because they all kind of work together hopefully to keep my immune system strong and if I were to start to have symptoms and I did this literally with a good friend just yesterday he started to have symptoms and I said those are the five things that you need to take right away and much bigger doses multiple times during the day um, and this morning he wrote me and said text me and said I'm alive and well uh, thanks thanks to that regimen of, of vitamins that I started them on just yesterday So you can turn things around pretty quick if you really, you know, and I'm a big believer in uh, nutritional supplementation. Mm -hmm. CBD, hemp-derived CBD is awesome for helping calm that anxiety down um, uh, a little more, you know, but but I would make sure that you have that basis of the the vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc uh, to keep your immune system strong. But if you're having struggles with anxiety, CBD can be a really powerful tool.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Doctor, for in, in uh, giving us your insights into how we can be more healthy and how we can navigate these challenges. They're big challenges, uh, but with some of the skills and tools that you have taught us here, uh, we have some, some big responses to them so that we can uh, continue to carry on and even thrive through a pandemic and an election year. And even if you have to go across the street to the house with a different political sign in the yard than the one you like, try to connect with them anyway and uh, try to try to build a relationship, even if you have differing beliefs, just to give each other some brightness throughout the day. Wish everybody health and success uh, today. And thank you, doctor, for joining us to, to help us thrive through this. Oh, my, my pleasure, Ben. Hopefully
1: we, uh, we can turn some people's lives around and, and give them hope.
0: Absolutely.